Yeah. Uh, I see you have a mustache now. That's big news. Is it a mustache? Do you have a mustache, or is it just the, no, is that just what's showing up the most right now? That's what's showing up the most right yeah. now. Also, my my facial hair leans mustache heavy. Yeah. Like it's a mustache leaning facial hair setup. So it it does. I honestly, one of these days, I'm gonna rock the full mustache. I've done it a few times, and it's kind of fun. I should go. I should really go for it. I've only ever like lightly dabbled in the mustache, like only like leave my mustache just like a little bit longer than the rest of my facial hair. I think you should. You got to really experiment. You got to, you know, test the waters of the Alex McCracken facial hair experience. Dummy Run Podcast, a Minnesota United leaning MLS podcast that may mention to yourself from time to time. I'm Ash Kraken, he's Grant Hirschberger, and the winless, or the winning, not winning, the lossless streak continues. Still alive. What is that, six now? Yeah. No loss, no cry, as uh, Bob Marley once said, right? That's true. No. He was a, he was a poet. No, it's no woman, no cry. Um... Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, a really impressive stretch of games right on the heels of a very poor stretch of games and the Adrian Heath, you know, contract renewal announcement. Yep. Very interesting. For those yep. of us who have been Heath in, Heath out, Heath in between, Heath indifferent, Heath mm-hmm. indecisive, Heath indistinguishable. Uh, Alex, where are we on the Heath temperature radar? Where, where do you fall? You know, man, I feel like every time we've talked about Heath and things haven't been going well, I've always tried to caveat it by saying, listen, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that all this is 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 me way off base and Heath has had it right the whole time. We've hit a hard cut. We could, we've hit a hard patch, but he's going to be the guy to take us there. I really do. I've always felt like I said that, and now things are looking good, and it makes me feel better that I caveated that, but I don't want to sound too negative, but my issue with him has never been that I don't think he knows how to win games. It's that I don't think he can take us to that next level. He did that really interesting interview with that, uh, the UK paper, whatever, the UK article, whatever that was, and he mentioned in there that he has this kind of like built-in fear of relegation, even though it's not real because of his time in England uh, coming up in, you know, the EPL. And I wonder if that's part of the things that has caused him to hit somewhat of a ceiling because you see people like Seattle last year who they totally redid their whole, the whole setup. And people said like, that is absurd. They're going to crash and burn. And they ended up making it to the final. And uh, was it last year they made it to the final? Either way, they ended up playing very well. Top near the top of the table, and I wonder if that built-in fear of rele- relegation is what co- maybe causes Heath to play a little safer than an American coach who would be more willing to swing for the fences. But I mean, right now things are great, right? It's hard to criticize anything right now. Where are you at with your temperature of him? You know, I think um, we we've seen what we need to see, which is, I mean, essentially what you already said—the um, fact that he 
is a he's a fine coach. Like we we have said for years that he's not like a bad coach, um, despite people wanting to say that he's a bad coach. But I I don't th- I still don't think he's the guy to take us to the next level. Um, I think you do have to give him credit that he has prepared the team. So I'm going to take a step back. One of the frustrations I have is people want to blame Heath for the losses and credit Heath, or no, sorry, credit the players for the wins. Mm -hmm. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. One seltzer in and I'm already just losing my way. Yeah. Stumbling through the darkness. So they want to blame Heath for the losses, credit the players for the wins. I honestly think like Heath is equally to blame all year for the wins and the losses. Like he he put the team together and prepared them very well for this stretch of July games, a, a difficult stretch of games. Honestly, if you mm-hmm. look at who we've played, and yeah, were we unprepared for certain games earlier? For sure, and that's who he is as a coach, which is a very um, not flexible coach who has good first half st- uh, tactics. But, like, he doesn't always respond in the second half. That's who he is every single game. And if it works out well enough for our players, we can get a win. And if it doesn't and people are really tired, then we get a loss. And you never really see him rise above the sum of the parts. So you come down to it and it's like, do I think we need to fire Heath? At this point, no. Only because he's already got the extension. Like, Mm-hmm. We can say Heath out all we want, but like, what is it going to do, right? It it doesn't matter. That being said, I really hope he can continue to adjust certain ways that he approaches games. I, I really hope that he can continue to address how he approaches certain players. He's got the doghouse. But mm-hmm. in general, like, I don't know. The results speak for themselves. I'm still not, I would say I'm not Heath in. And I would say I'm like a lukewarm Heath out. Like I'd like I'd love to see a different look yeah. from a different coach. Um, I sent you a an Instagram post from uh, the League Un team Angiers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Adre Nunu's new team. He scored another goal, right? Like three out of his or no, sorry, two goals in three games or something like that for him. So it's mm. like okay. So he's scoring, he's scoring like league un goals. He's obviously not a bad player. Whatever. You know, I, I don't know why Heath put him in the doghouse, but like, anyways, I've been rambling. Alex, it looks like I've given you enough time to research like the actual important facts and statistics. No, so. uh, in that same article he mentioned after this contract, moving upstairs is what he said. Uh, would you still feel like you had the same concerns that you do with him as a head coach if he was something like sporting director? Or do you feel that would be a, enough of a difference that his overall... Well, I'm not going to lead you into the answer too much. What do you think? No, I don't mind him as a sporting director. I think overall, in Heath's time choosing um, like player acquisition targets... He's done a good job. I mean, mm-hmm. I, do you disagree? I, nope. I think he's done a good... I think he he has done a very good job. And more often than not, we do pull in good players. And it's like, how do we use them? What happens, right? I think the only time we have done 
poorly with player acquisitions has been, and contextually it makes sense, but it's um, interleague aging strikers. So the mm. the Kai Kamara's, the, the not Freddie Adu, Fernando Adi's, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I get why we pulled them in because right. there was no other options at that yeah, point Yeah, we were in the grasping season. at straws, kind of, you know, sliding down the cliff, trying to grab a hole with our fingernails onto something. I mean, it's it's 10.45 p.m. at homecoming dance, and there's no more girls left to dance with. So you just got to see if, like, a teacher will give you a pity dance at that <laughs> point, you know? Like, they're, they're past their prime, but maybe somebody will give you a, a slow dance, right? Sure. That's it. You know, there's nobody else you're going to be able to pull in outside of the transfer window. So, yeah, I, those, I still think Heath has responsibility to to own up for that poor choice but like who else are you gonna pick you know Mm -hmm. like they're just there's nobody at that point so him going him moving moving away from the head coach role you would feel good about that him still being the organization though i think some people are feeling like oh we're never gonna get rid of this guy but i don't necessarily know that i feel that way i i don't know if we're never gonna get rid of the guy but like i don't mind it i don't i think right Whatever, there are many people who have very dramatic opinions about Heath. Um, I think that he, like any, you know, black and white and somewhat shades of gray situation, there's a lot of layers to it where, like, I think he brings value to a degree. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's the guy I want coaching and in-game making tactical choices, but, like, I think he's got an eye for certain things. I right. think he does pull in good players. And you can look at, like, a Rosales, a Bunga Kule, a DJ Taylor, an Ariaga, like, all these different players that he's just continued to pull in. It's hard, or it's it's easy to criticize, like, Amaria at first, and then all of a sudden, like, now he's roaring back with seven mm-hmm. goals, and, like, he mm-hmm. looks red hot. I mean, I think it's... He, he has an eye for players... Not always perfect, but like what literally well, no team we does. don't know for sure yeah. like what role he played in those guys. Um, but he's definitely one mm-hmm. of the decision makers and has made a lot of good decisions. And yeah, I th- honestly, I think it's I think it'd be the perfect. I think it would take away the things about him that still give me pause, while keeping all the things that I really like about him and being in the organization. So who knows what that'll become? Um, but I, you know, I think it could be a great situation. It'd be interesting to see who came, who came in under him, and if if a little bit different decision making in, in times, while still having some of the Heath expertise, um, what that would do to our kind of club going forward. Um, last time we spoke, we were talking during the friendly, in which we rolled out all of our starters, and smacked Everton for nothing. It did come at the cost of missing. Amaria for uh, one week, and Jacory Hayes for the rest of the year after he broke his leg. Do we care about friendlies coming out of it now, seeing what that did for us? Do we care? Are we mad that he played people? What coming out? Looking back on the friendly, almost almost a week, a full week later, actually almost two weeks later. What do you what do you think? Well, and I think it's important to add the context of. The fact that we lost the U.S. Open Cup game against Union Omaha. Mm -hmm. The only reason I bring that up is because 
so many people continue to connect the two um, when talking about like, oh, we beat Everton, but we lost to Union Omaha because we played a, a backup lineup. The Union Omaha thing is its own situation, whatever. I am not mad. And in fact, I'm fully supportive of us playing our full first team lineup against Everton. And here's why. Because it was only 45 minutes. I understand that Reynoso got a little knock. And like, that's unfortunate. But let's take it from two different aspects. Number one is supporting your players and the people who are within your club. Every one of those guys, I guarantee you, I would promise you, were chomping at the bit, were begging to play against Premier League competition. I guarantee you, you would have a riot on your hands if you mm-hmm. played the backups against... And again, Everton played like pretty much their first right. starting 11. Like There was a couple of swaps out, right? but they played most of their best team. So you owe it to the players, right? You owe it to the players. And then from a team standpoint, you want to get future transfers going or you want to get future like mm-hmm. attention from other leagues. Well, here's a perfect example of, okay, Reynoso bossed all over Everton. Like he mm-hmm. looked like he could genuinely play in a mid-tier Premier League team. I, I, I know that's a homer opinion to have, but I'll, I'll take it. Like... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, one, it supports future player transfers. Like, oh, MLS is actually pretty good. Maybe we should buy a Reynoso or a Robin Lude or a, you know, whoever comes down the line, Rosales or, or Bongo Kule. So it's like, I, I'm not against it. I I know it's unfortunate if players get hurt, but, like... That's I, always such I a thing you... that happens, though. Like, people say, like, oh, well, you know... You see it in football too, American football, where like they got that guy should have been out by now, or like why we were playing him on this. You never know, man. People get hurt in practice and warm ups and games. That people, you know, you, at a certain point, you never know what's going to happen to be. You can't soft you tissue can't injuries happen him. all the time. Yeah. yeah, like you you can you can rupture your MCL just jogging. Yep, or, and you have to cut right. I guess it's lateral movement, but you know what I'm saying. Like it's. It, it's so silly, and I think, like, you, you owe it to the players to let them have this opportunity. Yeah. And, like, then, if I was a player playing underneath Heath and he didn't let me, you know, I'm like assuming I'm a starting 11 player, if he didn't let me play against Everton, I'd be furious. Right. I would be so mad. Yeah, you owe it to the old guys to give them a chance, you know, Boxell, Coleman, Debassi, all those guys. Give them a chance to, to play against a team they probably, you know, We'll never get to another chance to play against, and I, yeah, I mean, some of the young guys, you owe it to them to let them show their talent on a on a world stage, even if that's not, you know, even if EPL teams aren't going to be like, oh, look, they they played well against Chelsea, you know, whenever whenever they come to next, they still have that kind of um, that kind of uh, d- um, competition to go up against and, and point to, you know, at the end of the day, I I don't know how much you take from it. Obviously, it's preseason for for che- for Everton. Um, they did have a lot of their first team guys in. Apparently, I don't know them well enough to know who those people are. But uh, they did have a lot of the first guys in. But I mean, I, I don't know how much you truly take from it. But yes, it was a cool experience to see our guys play against 
you know, some of the best talent in the world and, and show that they very much can hold their own. Well, it's Everton. I don't know if we can say best talent in the world. Best but... league in the world. <laughs> um, so, wait, real quick, though. Alex, do you... I'm going to phrase this very cautiously. Okay. Unhomer-wise, how indicative of the quality of MLS compared to Premier League do you think... What would you take away from this game in I think terms it's impossible of the, the comparison say. of leagues? I honestly think it's impossible to say. There's, there's too you many coward. variables. You absolute coward. There's too many variables and things that you can't put your finger on. I think, I think beating them 4-0 definitely shows that... We are a lot better than Europe, Euro snobs would say that we are. But there's also a million different things that you can point to and say, like, well, okay, you didn't actually beat Everton. It was preseason. You know, it was, um, a, you know, it's a preseason. It's, they're just getting back into things. They don't want to get hurt. They were traveling across seas. They've been playing a lot lately. Um, even just, I mean, even just playing a different level opponent can be very strange. I think that playing against, honestly, especially when you when you look at like what the second team did to a certain degree, I think you can also say like, there's a certain. We've talked about this before. I think like, I think if you're you're actually, I don't mean to be too mean, but like if you're actually bad enough, it can really confuse a good opponent. Where it's like, you're just not doing the things that they're used to opponents doing, and it's very hard for them to adjust to. So, we beat Everton in a friendly preseason, fantastic. If we go next week and we play another Premier League team, you know, if if MLS was if if an MLS team was in the Premier League, it would be a very different story, obviously. So, I don't know what I take from it. It's cool. I just move on, basically. What do you take from it? Do you anything? Do you have anything more than that? Well, so I was desperately trying to Google the distance between Liverpool, which is. Uh, you know, where Everton is from, and, and St. Paul, which, you know, if I can talk for one more second and ramble, I'm rambling. Sure. Well, and that's another interesting thing that Heath brought up on that article was he, he actually, I thought he did a very good job answering that question because he didn't necessarily just point to, like, well, we beat them, we must be better, but he, he instead kind of steered the conversation into, I don't think people in England understand how hard this league can be. Not just the quality that we've been bringing in and how much it's grown, but the size, the the physical footprint of the league, where you can be, you know, in you know at altitude and then you're in the heat. And he said, and then the next day you're in the freezing cold. That's like, all right, well that doesn't actually happen. But I get what you're saying. It's, you, okay. I mean, the amount of travel. My 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 Twitter profile, my Twitter header image used to be the MLS teams overlaid on Europe, and it was, I mean, it goes, you know. We don't have anyone as close as the furthest EPL, you know, travel day, which I think is something we also don't doesn't get talked about enough when we talk about comparing the two leagues. But I also don't know what the point is comparing the two leagues because, first off, you're never going to get to anything that actually can draw any kind of conclusion. And second off, I just don't know why people care so much. I don't even know why people care so much to be the top three league in the world. The same people who complain about ticket prices and like casual fans and all this also want to become the top two league in the world. It's like, you have any idea what that's going to turn, what that'll do to your match day experience? But 
I digress. Why don't you? You and look your like you've gotten your answer experience. now. So why don't you jump in? No, I, I didn't. I, the The point I was trying to make was was nullified. But I'll go ahead and bring it up. I was trying to say that you know Liverpool to St. Paul, the the flight is not obviously the same as like Philadelphia to Seattle, but it is worth noting that that's like a you know so it's a fourteen hour flight from Liverpool to St. Paul. It's a six hour flight from Seattle to Philadelphia. Um, but like that flight gets made a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. you cross the continent consistently. And so, yeah, it's not quite dramatic to an intercontinental across the pond type flight. The point I'm making is, do I think that the loons are a four zero team better than Everton? No, I don't think so. But I also think that that's an indication that the leagues are getting a little bit closer than people mm-hmm. want to admit. It's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. Premier League is still leaps and bounds ahead, but I think it's worth noting the quality that MLS has caught up and how many players are spreading out. You know, some players are, are staying in Serie A or Ligue 1 or, and, you know, La Liga. And it's not as cleanly stacked as some people want to pretend that it is. Like, you know, you hear like Euro snaps like, oh, the worst the worst striker in the EPL would be the best player in MLS because they're a better league. It's like obviously that's not true. Like just you have you have to know very little. I think most people who know the most of what they're talking about say it's less about the ceiling and more about the floor in the differences of the league, right? The the best player in EPL okay, maybe the best player is a bad example. Like a very good player in EPL and a very and the best players in MLS are not that far apart, and we see that in players moving around. I think what, the, what you get, obviously, is the money and, and what that does to the floor. Um, and actually, before I move on, I think if you want to look at the longest distance, you should probably look like uh, Miami to, like, Vancouver. I think that'd probably be further. But you start Fair. this conversation with an interesting point around the comparison of, of the team we rolled out against Union Omaha for a, a competition that mattered midweek versus the team we rolled out in a friendly against a team that people wanted to play because it's fun to play against them. But like Boxy had that quote afterwards about the bench that they were looking at once they got themselves in over their head and kind of, uh, I forget what the quote was, but something about we had a lot of players healthy who couldn't help us or something like that weird. And that's an interesting point where we rolled out our first team against a Deverton team. And yes, you know, you're only going to be in there for 45 minutes, but you know, there's an accountability there that I think became more glaring when when you compare those two. Well, I think with the Union Omaha game, um, there were players who were healthy who were like just not even in the 18. Mm-hmm. Like they were just straight up in the bleachers. Where it's like, okay, would have been nice when we were down to put in. I don't know anybody, anybody right. from the first team. Yeah. So whatever uh, to me. It's like the Union Omaha thing is a minus for Heath and the Everton thing is a plus for Heath. Like yeah. to me whatever, I don't really care. I, I would rather ball out first team versus first team in 45 minutes against a Premier League side. I would. I don't care if it's a friendly and I think if you do care that's a friendly and you're boo-hoo-hooing, you're a nerd and you mm. need to just, you know, have so you would, fun for one you, second. Just to be clear, you're saying you'd rather see that 45 minutes than have had a chance at going further in the Open Cup? Yep. Wow. Abs- yes. Yeah. yeah. That's 
That's a hot take. It's a it's a flaming hot take, and I'll probably regret it later. But like, <laughs> realistically, you get how many opportunities to play a Premier League team who is going to at least play. You know, you can say, "Oh, they didn't try." Blah, well, they blah, do two blah. friendlies a year, though. So, yeah, and how many of them are? Well, the Premier last two have been teams. Bundesliga. People would argue. I don't think people would argue that Bundesliga is better than EPL, but that's still not nothing. It's not. It's not nothing. I. I think those are the games that, if you, MLS needs to find the right balance between you know a, a development league where they're buying players, selling players, etc. And so you have to play good international teams, and you have to kick the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden. International teams in Germany and Italy and Spain and France and England are going to start going. Oh wow, we need to sign. You know. Yeah. Throw whoever. What out do you there, want right? the MLS to become? Sorry. What do you want MLS to become? I would love if if MLS could be a respected middle ground league. I would love that if they could be like. So right now, depending on what you look at, we're anywhere from like 10 to like 18. Some people have it crazy. I'm not going to throw a number out there. I'm going to say if they could be a Portugal or a Netherlands. So like you've like Mm. for the leagues. Yeah. So you've got the, you know, Portugal has Porto and um, gosh, I'm forgetting the other. They got a couple of good teams in Portugal. And then the Netherlands have like. Uh, you know, obviously Ajax and mm-hmm. PSV yep. Eindhoven and all these different, like if you could be somewhere in there where you're competitive, you can play on a competitive level. So like those teams sometimes will go to the champions league, which yeah. obviously think, we're not invited, but I think they're know. like seventh or eighth somewhere in there because you want to put a number on it so bad. Well, I do. It, well, because there is, there are, you can go and look at lists and they're all the top Six are all basically the same. The top five are all the same, right? Mm-hmm. It's, almost everyone has EPL first, and then it's Bundesliga and Serie A somewhere in the mix, and then you know La Liga and Ligue 1 as like the, that's mm-hmm. pretty much the top five. Everyone agrees on that. Some people put it in different order, but that's basically it. And then you get into kind of the people that you were mentioning. I think the highest I've ever seen us ranked was tenth. After we had our conversation a couple weeks ago about if people would consider the championship better than. Uh, MLS. I went and looked up a bunch of lists, and for the most part, they're all mixed around. Some people have championship above us. Some people have us above championship. It's a very hard thing to judge, right? Because there's obviously caps and player quality and player type and travel and all that stuff. But you don't ever, you don't see us ever being a top six, or you don't necessarily want us to be a top six, top five. Sorry. Um, I, I think we c- could be. I don't think that's what I need the yeah. league to be. And that's I great. think that's what we're saying. It's like, right. could we be? We could. I think we have the infrastructure. But, like, to me, my happiest level, and to the point that you're making, we're both making, is, like, my happiest level is we've got respect. You know, mm-hmm. a player comes from MLS, and they don't automatically get, like, oh, oh, it's an MLS player. Like, you know, shut up. Like, mm-hmm. it's a good league. Right, um, and then from there, it's you know, w- we could compete if we actually play a real game against somebody from a different league, whether it's any of the European leagues. 
do we win? I don't care if we win, but just can we not embarrass ourselves? That's yeah. what I want to see. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. I Some people get so obsessed with this just like growth or not even growth, just respect at like at whatever at whatever cost it comes at. We need to just aggressively keep growing and we need to be the third best league in the world. And it's just I just don't understand why. I don't know what people get out of that that they feel that they just need that to make them feel like this league is serious. I think it would be great. It doesn't if we make get... you happier. It just right. it brings shittier opinions to yeah. the to the conversation and you get these like meme Arsenal or meme Manchester United Liverpool mm-hmm. Man City accounts and it's like you think that like Loon's Twitter gets, you know, controversial right yeah. now? Just wait until you've got like a ton of people who just it it doesn't it doesn't get better with more voices. No. Like that. Well, I don't necessarily like even think the game becomes more per- personally I do not. Wait, think... can I clarify really quick? It's yes. not about more voices. Sorry, it's it's the more voices tied to a high level league because it just brings like yeah. weird elitism. More eyes. So it yeah. m- more voices is fine. We're okay. We love more voices, but like it's that kind of like oh, a bunch of New York Yankees fans. Like nobody wants that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, sure. If 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 we were you know one of the the top 20 teams in the world i obviously would be very happy about that and would not like stop going because i'm like this isn't the game i grew up with anymore but well we beat everton so we are one of the right. top 20 teams in the i world. i just do not feel that you need to have the 22 best players in the world on the field to have it be like oh now this is really a game i just honestly i think the opposite i i like having each team have some weak spots if someone goes down injured you got to have some young kids step up and sometimes they do and you get like you know who is that? Where did this kid come from? You know, he came up through some. You know, he was playing college last year. Not. And I think those stories are more fun than just like we have the twenty-two best players on the field right now. And honestly, the bench is probably another of the ten best players you can find. Like, I just yeah, yeah. Well, I'm and you look at it. like I would like the to Champions like... League, the the Champions League year where Ajax made it super far. Yeah, and they were a bunch of kids. Like they were a bunch of twenty-something, like early twenties. And they were just dominating, and it was like Frankie de Jong, and um, I'm forgetting the other guys, but like they they were balling out against these high level La Liga and Premier League teams, and it's like that's what's fun about it is right. is that level of okay, you obviously have like true real high level talent, but also some of these guys are kids. You just have mm-hmm. like people who fill in, and like that's fun. That's so much fun yeah. when you can have these storylines and it's not just like we're a good team because we bought all the best players well and i was gonna bring up parody here but we probably shouldn't talk about parody after talking about ajax because that i think they've won their league every year for the last like several years but that's another thing i would never want to lose is parody and you you know you can look at the top leagues in the world and pull some example from five years ago but like for the most part it's always the same one to five teams and that's something I would really never want to lose. The the thing about MLS, thing about MLS that I love so much is the parody. And I don't know, I honestly don't know how fans in other countries do it. How you can start a year knowing you have no chance of winning. And yeah, there's the whole like relegation, how exciting relegation is. But even that is like, for a lot of these teams, they're not going to be close to relegation either. They're just going to be in this middle ground where like, 
I just, I, I don't get it. I know there's a lot of people listening right now who are probably like wishing they could voice their opinion to me of like what it is that keeps you going when you know you're going to be in the middle. And maybe once you spend enough time shifting that mindset, you do become more excited about finishing in seventh, or, you know, finishing in fourth versus seventh last year. But it's just very hard for me to picture. It's very hard for me to picture. Um, I don't know. I would like for us to get to that that like six or seven area though, where we're, you know, obviously it's not Champions League, but it's, you know, the Club World Cup and stuff. Like there are actual chances for us to be playing on a world scale against teams and being contenders. So I'm I'm excited about our growth. But when I hear people talk about getting into the top five or just like big like big changes, like we're gonna link up with Liga MX, it's just like no, stop. Everything is great. Everyone's enjoying themselves. Let's just keep going. So basically, you're really fired up for this whole All-Star weekend. I think that is actually really fun. I think That's the whole like fun. best of League MX, best of best of MLS is actually a really fun setup for it. Mhm. Yeah. Are you going? I don't did you invite me? Yeah, we talked about it. I looked at tickets, and they're like 100 bucks right now. They, they're they're pricing out. <laughs> they're a little too rich for my I blood. I might just like keep an eye on it and like literally like the day of still try Because I'm never going to travel for the All-Star game. So if I was ever going to go, it would be now. No, if you find two, te- two cheap tickets, I'll go with you. What's cheap? I, I don't you don't want me to say that out loud. It's going to hurt your feelings. <laughs> hey, right. Ooh, right. baller, right. big money. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Jordy, relax. Um. <gasps> Okay, my dog's barking, but no, uh, cheap is, they're all a hundred bucks. I yeah. would, relatively cheap would be like, if you can find an 80 buck. Yeah, that's ticket. what I was, if I can get it down there, I think I'll, I'll pull the trigger on a couple. And that's not cheap, that's just cheap for this game. Right, but when you like, think about how much you have to go, be, if it's it's in your yeah. backyard, right? You don't have to travel, you don't have to get plane tickets, you're not going to eat. You like, get to see the best of Liga MX, yeah. like that's cool. And the best of, of Minis- well, not Minnesota, Major League Soccer. Yep. So all right, yeah. So we'll I don't know, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, all right, we haven't we we just got on a huge tangent there. All right, back to Minnesota United. Uh, well, last we spoke, we played Houston. Uh, we know Ray was hurt. Uh, we went in there. I don't know. Do you want to talk much about Houston? I feel like it was it was a game, right? It was a game where we we didn't have possession. We capitalized on our opportunities and we held them off at the end and. And got away with a victory, which in a, in a tough place to play. I think it's it's a great game. I just don't know if I have much about it worth talking, other than Bongi's first goal, which is great. I was about to say the only thing I would say is Bongi scored his first goal, which love that, yeah. fantastic, bingo. Uh, I predicted for the guys who listened to the Dynalytics podcast uh, when we were on there. I predicted that we would lose two to zero, and we won mm. two to zero. So two to one, you know. They scored. Remember? Yeah, in in my head, I have it logged as a two zero win. So. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should let Dane St. Clair know that he can add another uh, clean sheet yeah, to I'll his, let him know. his I'll let roster him know. there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was it was great to win without without Ray. Um, Nico Hansen came in and looked good. That was very encouraging. Uh, it was weird to not have any Minnesota United broadcast and listen to those guys try and pronounce the names on our team. Uh, I get it. It's hard to pronounce names sometimes, but like they were even just misidentifying people. Pretty much anyone on the right side, they just called DJ Taylor, who they were calling David Taylor, which I guess that's technically his name, but it was just weird. The whole thing was very strange. Um, so yeah, that's that. Let's focus more on Portland. Uh, Can we start two- calling him David Taylor? Cause yeah. 
Or was it Dan? No, nah, it was I think uh, it David. David. David Taylor sounds like a cult leader, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> Maybe that's in a compound by famed cult leader David Taylor. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. That's bad. Oh, yes. Which is okay, funny because so DJ is like the nicest dude in the world. Okay, right. so Portland. Portland. Uh, going into kickoff, the game. We had everyone back. Feel? First thing, we have everyone back. We had Reynoso is back. Uh, Ariaga comes back in again. Amaria's in, who had kind of left early in the Houston match with like a weird back thing. Um, that was fantastic to see we we saw ariaga and lude line up together which i was really excited to see and was fun to watch um right away that was a bright spot yes were you opening that up to conversation do you have thoughts on that yes it was a bright spot all right it it was it was a bright spot but then that died out immediately (laughs) when portland scored in the 13th second were you watching by that point By that point, what? But when they scored the the thirteenth second, you're you're cutting out super bad. I'm sorry. Oh, really? Yeah, you said oh. by that point, and then what? That was it. No, that was me done talking. Were oh, you watching, okay. All right. Were you watching the game when they scored so, in thirteenth second? I was wrapped up in the wild world of U twelve boys youth lacrosse uh, uh, at okay. that point, and so I I got home after a heartbreak of a loss against White Bear Lake. Um, and so didn't watch the game until it was done and rewatched it. I didn't check Twitter. I didn't look at anything. So very disciplined, right? I, I'm, I'm like a Benedictine monk, just, you know, neglecting all bodily requests to watch the loons. Mm-hmm. But I came home, I watched the game and, you know, I was like, whatever, I'm going to, I'm going to kick it ahead a second. I kick it to one minute into the game <laughs> You know, because I'm like trying to get the game started, yeah. and it's the replay of the goal, and I'm like, you gotta be yeah. effing kidding me! They've already scored. It was wild. Like, it was right directly off. The, I mean, obviously, it was directly off the. Were kick. you at the game? Yep, I was at the game. Um, you know, we lately I've been just kind of walking around and doing my own thing a bit more, and yeah, so I was standing down by the brew hall, and it was it was wild to watch. So, but let's actually take a step back before we dive into all of it. <clears throat> I've spent the last, it's Monday right now, two days, trying to figure out how to feel about this game, right? Like, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We went down immediately and then came back and then went down again and then came back. It's a mix of emotions. You're mad that you let them score so early. You feel good about the guys coming back. You're mad that you let them come out and score the next three at halftime, but then the resilience to come back and and score the fourth and... And get a point is good. And, I mean, in the MLS, in MLS, it's difficult to put this type of win streak together. And so at a certain point, you're going to trip up because that's just how it works. And to trip up and still come up with a point is fantastic. I think after spending some time, I have the answer for you all. So get out your pens and papers and, and make sure you write this down because this will help you. I'm we are, taking notes fervently. We feel good about it. We are who we thought we are. Yep. No, we feel good about it. So Walk you me just... through it. Alex, take because me by the hand. Lead think... me through the field of daisies. Yeah. First off, I think if you play that game 10 times, we win nine of them, right? Like that first goal. It, while the Do goal you is... think? I do. Yeah. Okay. 
that first goal Homer. while like the play itself was very solid like they, they moved the ball well like it wasn't fluky in the sense that like oh it was fluke but like that doesn't happen very often that that they you kick the ball off and catch the other team sleeping so badly you score in the first 13 seconds i think it was like the fifth fastest goal in mls history so and on most and days, the one where where dane kind of deflected it in well right so on most days the like, first goal doesn't happen and on most days the fourth goal doesn't happen I like think that the was that was three, an ugly one. Yeah, the middle three were all pretty good, if I'm remembering them correctly. But there's only on most four days, for Portland, so there's not a middle three. Oh right, sorry, the middle two. The middle two yeah. were yeah, whatever. But the the first one and the last one, you could you could say they were both a little fluky. We also had a couple of our own chances that could have gone in more. That at the end of the first half, Bongi missed the outside of the post by like inches. And that, so that very easily could have gone in. And then we would have gone and have four, you know, four, one up. And I also, I mean, again, when was the last time we let someone score three unanswered goals on us? Like a lot of those things don't typically happen. So did you stretch before doing those mental gymnastics or? Dude, I'm telling you, I've spent two days <laughs> thinking about this and I've decided that I feel good. I think that the positives of us showing resilience to come back twice and come over with yeah. a point against a Portland team that was also rolling. They're on a... Now they're on an eight-game lossless streak. Um, I think that you look at that and you say, yeah, we should have gotten a point. Yeah, we shouldn't have let them score three unanswered. But we showed resilience to stick with it. The scorers are or the, the, the strikers are scoring. Strikers and attackers are scoring. The defense had a, a fluke of a game that we haven't seen from them all year. And that is less likely to happen than when we were playing and our, we weren't scoring goals. So that's where I've come to. Yeah, I mean, I was just bantering for the sake of bantering, and you know that. Um, it It's a tough one to look at because I actually, I'm as homery, if not more homery, than you are with mm-hmm. the takes of, like, the first goal and the last goal just don't happen in nine nine games out of ten. The they last just goal don't especially. Happen. That's Dane yeah, the one, one where of the best Dane, goals like, in the kind league of just, like, f- yeah. bumps it into the goal like yep. that that doesn't happen so like okay whatever they got it it it's funny how the framing has been because of momentum and all these things that like oh the loons dropped points you know or they scraped away a tie we did drop points it was unfortunate but like it's not like we played that badly right we played really good for the majority of the game and we saw consistent goals spaced out throughout the game, and they were good goals. Like, all of the goals were good. The Fragapane header, incredible, right? Mm-hmm. The Bungi uh, follow-up after the Fragapane, like, heel, heel flick. flick was yeah. sick. Yeah. The heel flick, if that would have been a goal, that's insane. Yep. It would have been insane. Uh, Amaria going 1v1, incredible. Just toasting like, the guy. Yep. Just absolutely, it was such a, because he's not a speed guy, so it's so interesting to watch him, because he did that, I don't know if you recall, he did that in the MLS's back tournament, where he had that almost exact same yep. dribble, yep. I believe it was against Columbus maybe, but he had almost the exact same dribble, and it was kind of like slow, and you're like, is he going anywhere with this? Mm-hmm. And then he does one cut, tucks the ball away. Um, I saw somebody talk about the fact that they believe that uh amaria's recent form dip and jump is related to uh 
his child not sleeping and then sleeping throughout the night. Oh. Which would not surprise me because he has a newborn baby and well, he's not he's, sleeping. And so at the, if you're at the stadium, I don't know if they show on the broadcast, he went over and grabbed a ball and put it under his shirt after he scored his first yeah. goal. So I think he's yeah. pregnant again. Or they're pregnant oh. again. Well, I don't think he's pregnant again. He right. might be, but I don't think he is. Probably yeah. not. I think they're Maybe. pregnant again, so we're, you may yeah. expect another dip in about 10 months from now. Do you think that's a shared status? I always get weird about that. I don't think they're pregnant. I think she's pregnant. Well, I think Who's you have to make the sure you're, you're implying a certain amount of responsibility to both parties, though. Sure, sure. Right. I just, I told this to my wife, like, you are doing the hard work, so sure. you get the credit. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I'm carrying the baby. I'm yes. not carrying the baby. That's true. You're you doing the hard work. Go the other way, where it's like obviously I'm not doing the hard work, but I also don't want to make it sound like I'm not equally responsible for what's about to happen. <laughs> and also, how I'm just we gonna. Got here. I'm, I'm gonna leverage that so hard at work. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm pregnant, so I yeah. just you know. I hey, listen. I guess we're pregnant. I'm. I'm are just, you oof, are oh. you hungover? No, I'm just getting sympathy morning sickness because my wife is <laughs> pregnant. So. And also the handle of Jack Daniels and Frank, <laughs> you know, that too. Um, uh, but even, anyways, first, even Franco's first goal was terrific. That was a, a corner, a, a, you know, a near post corner from uh, Reynoso that was flicked on very well from Amaria and Franco was on the back post. Like all four of our goals were beautiful. And theirs I agree. were, the, the, especially the bookends of theirs were, were, were a fluky feeling. Maybe the first one, say what you will about that. The second two were, were, were both pretty solid, I think. But, again, eventually you're going to lose a game in Major League Soccer. Like, even at home, there's only, like, one team a season who wins, who goes unbeaten at home. Um, so, like, that's going to happen. And when those days come and you still get away with a point, I think you have to say, like, that's good. You know, we're, we're, we're on the... I think the, it's we're... good. I think we can call it good. Yeah. It's unfortunate that we didn't win, but, like... Yeah. We have is. put together a lot of successful games in the last month. And, like, the fact that we put four very good goals in and there were two weird fluky goals that stopped this from being a win. Like, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not point, saying burn the tape. Right. But, like. At a certain point, you're just like, I mean, all right. Yeah. Again, when you can have those happen and still come away with a, a, a point. And honestly, the rest of the table really helped us out. A lot of the people that would have been kind of on our heels also tied. So that was nice. Uh, do you want to talk about Diego Chara? I know you have some feelings on him that you've shared privately. Um, I think he's... I'm going to walk it back so I can take all of Alex's talking points before he has them. <laughs> he is not the player that I would... I would like if he was on our team. Sure. I don't like him. I think he's um, really, really dirty. I think he pushes the boundary of physical play. And I so think dirty, that... do you mean like not just, not like obviously playing outside of the rules of the game, but like intentionally doing things to like hurt people or just you when don't I... like the way he, he just, he's never like I, I... going in for a rough tackle and accidentally foul someone. I think he... Um, is careless in the manner in which he attempts to get the ball. So I would say, I'm not going to say that he is attempting to hurt somebody, but I would say that he is a player that doesn't 
give a thought to I should be cautious in this tackle as to not hurt someone Mm. where I think he will go in with sometimes the thought of getting the ball and sometimes it's just I will stop this play from happening and whatever happens with this tackle whether it's an ankle or a ball I'm gonna get it and I I don't like that style of play I, I think that there's players who I dislike, but I can respect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think of Sporting Kansas City's six. Um, I'm blanking Beckerman? on his name. No, that... Sporting Kansas Real Salt Lakes. Uh, oh, that... yeah. Uh, Graham uh, Zuzzi? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep. So Zuzzi. But also, I mean, Kyle Beckerman's one too, right? Mm-hmm. He's um, like the all-time leader think... of uh, yellow cards, I think. Yeah. And there is, uh, on him. LAFC, is it? Ilya? Yep, Elie. Yep. So, like, there's a couple of I can think of the teams, not the players' names, but like, I respect them. They're physical. You're gonna be mad at them if they're not on your team. Mm-hmm. But like, you're not like, oh, dude, you're going out for blood. And I think like Chara goes out for blood way too much. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not personally a fan of how he plays. Yeah. That's just me. And coming from my background, being a defensive player, like I, I like good physical defense i think you know forwards flop too much etc cetera, etc cetera. but just like there's a line and it's like dude the, uh, i don't know yeah yeah, yeah. well i think yeah. that uh, obviously a lot alonzo is a is a great example for us to look at because we've had him on both sides and you can kind of tell how you felt about him but you do bring a good point that's like it's it's there's the destroyer and like yeah he had to kind of take the guy and Diego Char does sometimes just be a little bit too much like, all right, I get it. You're stopping the play. Like we were on a break, but like, did you have to do it that way? Or like, all right, man, that was a little intense. So I get it. I don't feel as strongly as you do about it. Um, I, I still give him the benefit of doubt of just being that type of player. And that's kind of how he's made his mark. Um, but I will say that every time we play the, the, the Timbers, my love for them <clears throat> kind of kind of diminishes and I think that's just more of a product of us having come up against each other in a lot of important games recently we've been very close in that kind of three or four spot the last couple years in a row it feels like so I think that's mostly why but we've also had a lot of matches that just feel kind of like contested you know Um, and and I think that that's you know Diego Char is definitely at the heart of that um, as as much of you know as Ozzy Alonso is uh, or he was um but yeah, I mean, I think overall you look at that game and you you wish things had gone differently, obviously. And I think you look a lot. You know, we'd already we've already talked once this podcast about. Hey, but how, Alex, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. I mean, how how fun as a neutral? Yeah, I know. Yep. Right. How fun was that game? It like, was a fantastic. Watching game. it. Yeah. I again because I watched it after it was already over. And I had avoided social media successfully, and I'm watching this game like, oh, one, one to one, two to one, three to one, oh, three to two, three to three, oh, four to three. Like the yeah. whole progression of it, I was like, this is an insane game. This yeah. is an insane game. I cannot believe that it happened the way it did. And all the goals were interesting in their own right, whether or not they were, you know beautiful goals but like they were just interesting in the way that they happened 
And, like, it was very entertaining. And then you have Victor Rivas. Oh, you yeah. Know, no, I mean, being... talk about escaping things that didn't go your way. Anytime you get away from a Victor Rivas match without there being some type of serious, you know, negative repercussions, you, you should consider yourself lucky. Um, although, I guess we should say, I don't know how much we did actually get away from that because Ray got a yellow card, Robin got a yellow card, and Boxy got a yellow card. And that's yellow card accumulation for all three of them. So, Yeah, I, it, it's... It's a Russian roulette of of cards when it comes to Victor Rivas. You know, it's just all over the place. You never know what's going to happen. Um, sometimes they make sense. Sometimes they don't make any sense. Uh, and going to a listener question, we had TK who asked that with so many out due to injury and yellow card accumulation, what's your ideal lineup? Yeah. Wow. Well. <laughs> and I mentioned Azil Jackson on Twitter today, and apparently, like, he doesn't actually have a you can't just play him on the first team. People who are in in the comments saying that like technically he's on, he's like loaned to Minnesota United too, so you can't just bring him up, which I thought was the whole point of the two team, but that kind of sucks because I thought this would be a great thing for him to play. Um, but I think realistically, you just Coleman slots in for Boxall, um, Rosales slots in for where Lude was, and then I think you probably just like move back Amaria. I'm thinking. And maybe play like Amaria and Delati. Um, or maybe you maybe like Nico Hansen or someone like that could play in kind of like a ten role. Um, but I think that I don't think we're gonna re- try and like truly replace we don't have another ten, like a true ten option. So I think it's either gonna be like Amaria trying to play in there or some some mixture of Hansen playing on either in the middle or in one of the sides, which moves you know, maybe just put Bong in there and just like say go nuts. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I honestly I think it's inevitably going to be like a four three three. Yeah, you know, same. just with the, the way that all works out. Um, but no, I think I would love to see a little bit of Callum Montgomery time. I think mm. Coleman's the next, you yeah. know, center back inevitably. But I, I think Callum's played really good in the Minnesota United two games that we've seen in the Everton games. I think he deserves a substitution appearance mm-hmm. um you know i also think nico hansen also like you're saying has warranted some time i would not be surprised to see maybe like and i'm totally ballparking it here but like fragapane playing like some kind of central midfield yeah. role only because he kind of does a lot of our you know carry the ball forward, play a little bit of, um, you know, forward defense roles for us. So, I, I don't know. I, I could see Fragapane being in that point spot in the 4-3-3. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we're also on the road at Colorado, a place where we have, you know, difficulty even on the best of days. Maybe we do, you know, maybe we, we do like a Nabi Kibanguchi instead and just play like very defensively with like Nabi Rosales and Ariaga all on the field in some in some shape, um, and you know uh, some roll something like that out. Um, you know, maybe even maybe uh, you know Benitez gets in there somewhere on the wings in, in a more kind of midfield esque position, but obviously very defensive. Um, I think this is a game where we're hoping to get away with the point for sure. Whatever that ends up being, I, I think that no one's going to be confused about that. Agreed. For sure, we kind of the 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 conversation around <laughs> around Victor Rivas kind of took us away from the uh, 
away from the game against Portland, but I think that's fine. I think we, we talked about everything we want to, you know, talking about looking at the listener questions. I think that, you know, Pod on Loons kind of basically asked the same or pointed out the same thing that we did, that just it was outrageous and random and, you know, highs and lows. And we laughed, we cried, and in the end it was the friends we made along the way that, that meant the most. Uh, and so I don't think we have much else we need to touch on there. Um, other than another listener question, Norge guy brings up an interesting point that uh, there's a movie called Escape from L.A., which is a great movie if you haven't seen it. Um, and looking back on the streak, you know, it all started when we we escaped from L.A. with that 3-2 win. And if, you know, if that kind of momentum boost hadn't started, who knows where this season would have gone. And to quote Map to the Stars Eddie, this town loves a winner. Nice. I don't know that reference, but I'm I'm just quoting Norge guys. So. I don't either, but that was some great teamwork we just did there. I really lobbed it up yeah. and you slammed it home. Yeah, slam it right down, right? Hey, uh, what do you think about the all-star attendance? I mean, like we said, we it's getting expensive. Bit, but, yeah. uh, we, we just stopped to save, which you probably didn't hear because of our experting editing abilities. But during the save, I, I went and checked again, and there's like one set of tickets for $77 in supporter section. And everything else is up to like $120. So I think it'll still be good just because I think that I think Liga MX will bring in people who don't typically have any interest in MLS. Um, and I know that there are I've, I've seen some people on Twitter talking about like traveling for it. Um, I, I don't think it'll be a sellout, though. No, I don't think so either. I think it'll be pretty full, though. I think there'll be a decent amount of people there. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it's a beautiful stadium. It's a good, a good stage for us to be on, and I hope people, people go. I hope to. I hope I can go. Are right. you asking fans to buy you a ticket? <laughs> we'll start a GoFundMe. Feels fund very me. passive, very <laughs> passive aggressive. I hope I could go, guys. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> um, all right, we all got right. two. We have there's two more questions, and I think they can kind of be rolled into one. Because yeah. Gunnar asked, what, is, uh, what does success for this team look like at the end of the season? Which I think he means, what does success for this season look like? Not, what does success after the season, what does success look like? That's how I'm taking that to mean. And then sure, Nick, if you want to make it more complicated, yeah, that's, that is what he's saying. So let's just, let's just roll that into <laughs> Nick's question of like, are you, uh, well, I guess he, he talks more about 11, 11 to go, six in the road, five at home, all against Western Conference opponents. So let's just put those together to be the season's heating up. There's 11 matches left. We're currently in third place, but I think that's actually tied with RSL now, uh, whoever's right behind us. And down until like eighth place is only like two or three points. So what do you hope for? Where do you think the next, where do you think we end the season? Well, I think. Y- you look at these things and it, the cliche of like mid-season form pops up because we did look poor to start the season, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we are white hot right now. Um, you know, I, I don't think in MLS anything is a given and I don't think we realistically can continue the trend of unbeaten like we were in July. Mm-hmm. But I think we end up with a, with a home playoff spot. I do. That is that is something I'm willing to put my hat on, and you know, take that with a grain of salt. Because look at my preseason predictions for the for the teams and whatnot. Yep. Uh, across MLS, but yeah, I I think we end with a home playoff spot. Do you think even best case scenario we could ever climb into the second spot? We're at 35 points. Austin's at 44 points. 
Do you think you think they're gone? First and second place are gone already, even if things went perfectly. I think Austin still looks really good. Surprise, yeah. surprise! Like who would have guessed? I would have never. I would have never yeah. predicted that. But like they look like they are not slowing down, and yeah, I I think first and second are are gone. I think in my so opinion. Too. Yep. So I, I I think we end in third or fourth, depending on depending on how as FC Dallas is now right behind us, tied with thirty five points. We've got them. I don't know why. Maybe the tiebreaker because we beat them, because they have goal differential of plus eight and we have a plus five. So I actually don't know why that is. Um, oh, we have more wins. That's why. Um, I do think we stay in the top four, it, unless something happens. You know, Ray gets hurt or we we kind of fall apart, um, or maybe we just aren't actually as good as we've looked because you know now now kind of that honeymoon period of matches is over. And it's time to kind of get back to it again. We go away to um, Colorado this week, again, without Ray, Robin, or Boxy. Um, Then we're away to Nashville. Then we have Austin at home. So three games in a row that aren't great. Um, Then we have Houston, which which will be a nice reprieve. But then we're back to it with Salt Lake, Dallas, Portland again, LAFC. And then we ended the season with Kansas City, which we'll see where they're at. So a lot of tough matches. So... You know, let's just focus on staying in the in the playoff picture. I think more than anything. But with the way we've been playing, there's no reason we can't stay in the top four. If you ask me. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of the playoff picture, did you watch any other matches this week, or did anything stand out to you? The transfer window has been going on. Uh, that ends on Thursday. Some interesting ins and outs there. Um, some in inner league stuff moving around. Um, you know. LAFC continues to just roll at the top, and and obviously I'm I'm getting a little sick of the the chat around Gareth Bale and Cavallini, but I get it. They're big names. Um, anything anything stand out for you this weekend? Uh, I mean, besides the fact that LAFC has taken a page out of Inter Miami's uh, yeah. DP notebook and just didn't they say that Gareth Bale Gareth Bale's technically a TAM player? <laughs> Dude, yeah, some weird stuff I, with you, that. I'm raising every eyebrow I have on my body, and I have more than two. Which is where interesting. Where I just, I don't, that's not possible. That's yeah. not possible. He, he doesn't, LA's a great city. He, there's no, I'm like speechless. There's no <laughs> way he just moved to LA for the vibes. Yep. Like, he, he, he moved there for a paycheck. So how and where is he getting paid? And is it some pyramid scheme? I know this is LA Galaxy, but like Herbalife thing that he's getting paid out of. Like what, what's, what's the catch? Because there's no way he's a TAM player. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he, hey, he wants to be fit for playing for his national team. We all know that. He loves golf and he loves specifically u.s golf courses so he had no short list of reasons to come here i don't know how that i I still understand how that how you do all that and and stay under uh dp level but whatever and for what it's worth there are 19 different golf courses in los angeles yeah there you go so see i i I just feel that I, I love that austin is behind them because they're kind of the opposite of that maybe not quite as much as like an rsl but they are not built on the backs of 
big world world renowned players. You know, Darusi. Uh, now it sounds weird that I'm saying it. Drusi um, is leading the Golden Boot race right now. But I don't think he was a name that when he came in, people were like, "Oh, wow, they've got him." And other than that, I mean, they've got some names sprinkled that you recognize, but it's not the big world signings that you see at LA or Miami or Galaxy or those things. Clearly, so I, it's the big name signing of Ethan Finley. Obviously, obviously, from from the you know soccer mecca of Duluth, Minnesota. So I yes. I love seeing that, um, and you can say the same about on the East uh, on over uh, you know with Philadelphia Union, who are now top of the East. And really chasing, they're the I think they're the ones who have the best shot at dethroning LAFC for the supporter shield. They're at 45 points. LAFC is at 48 points. Philadelphia Union at 45 points, and Austin FC are at 44 points. And the Union are kind of doing the same thing. You know, they they have names that we've come to recognize now just through LAFC or Philadelphia being a very good team over the last couple of years, but a lot of their biggest names have come up through their academy. And I just, I love seeing that because I think that's my one fear of the future is that as they try and grow the game, they will, you'll start to get these smaller market teams who have been kind of the the reason that people love MLS, you know, the Portland's and the Minnesota's and the whatever, Kansas cities will start to kind of slowly fall into the background while like LAFC's and Miami's and NYCFC's just take off and i know you could probably argue small market teams of those examples but you get what i mean well i think that's the joy of the salary cap and that's why that's important until you know teams find ways to sign gareth bale onto a tam deal which (laughs) you know whatever that's its own podcast uh for smarter people not for the dummy run podcast but you know whatever in the end i do think a rising tide rise raises all ships right Mm -hmm. i think that like you want your nf nycfc's your new york red bulls you want your chicago fires your lafc's your la galaxies etc etc to be signing big splashy players you want those names and ideally closer and closer to their prime which Mm -hmm. like i read a very compelling article talking about like gareth bale's what like 31 Mm, I, would I believe look it up. I'm going to Google it while I talk, but, uh, you know, people are saying, Oh, retirement league, retirement league. I mean, yeah, oh, he's 33. That's still not retirement age for a player who's coming off of Real Madrid. Like you can yeah. still play at a high level at 33. And I think MLS, in my opinion, has done a good job of showing that they are interested in avoiding the retirement league tag and they want to sign actually impact players who are big names. So I'm all about it. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very interested to see who else LAFC can finagle into their team. You know, if they can sign Cristiano Ronaldo to an under-22, right. you know, contract or something. Yeah, but I know. I joked on Twitter whatever. that they're like, they're the biggest sore losers in the league. Like they missed the, they missed the playoffs for the first time and just like, went and broke all the rules and signed everyone because, like, they could not handle it, which, whatever, good for them. On the other hand, do you know it who feel, the worst... It feels like they're a rowdy classroom and MLS is, like, a substitute teacher. Like, no, hey, guys, you can't do that. And they're, like, continuing to sign, like, 
DP level players with under the table yeah. contracts. Yeah. Like, hey guys, guys, quiet down. Hey yeah. guys, I'm gonna tell your actual teacher. Right. And then eventually, and like, like the substitute okay. just like decides like let them do that thing as long as they like kind of they're like, all right, you can have Gareth Bale on a tam. Just like, just don't like, <laughs> just just please, no more. Okay? Just please, will you settle down? Yeah. If, if we let you sign Gareth, will you stop? Okay, yeah. you can sign Gareth. Okay. And then pretty soon we've talked. <laughs> pretty soon the. Like, you know, we get now we're just waiting for the real teacher to come back and say, "In all my years of teaching, I have in never... all my years, do you know what Mrs. Johnson left for me when I came back here?" And that's Anyways, the second what... time we've made that joke on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is for sure. Anyways, all right, complete what, what opposite else of that. About? Do you know who the yeah. worst team in the league right now is? Very bad on the supporter shield. Twenty points with a negative twenty-eight goal differential. No, Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> They've fallen. They're beneath DC United, who's not far above Who'd them. Who'd have What? What do you think? I mean, they had a whole lot of injuries. Do you think anyone's going to question Peter Vermes, though? Do you think they should? I think you have a lot of questions when you're the last in the league, right? Yeah. Like that's you have. I, and I don't follow Sporting Kansas City close enough to be honest. So I, they've got talent on their mm-hmm. team. I don't really understand. Um, what happened to them? Do you know what happened to Alan Polito? Is he? He's, he's obviously injured, still injured. But... Still, or a third? He's he's been kind of. I think at this point you can you can classify him as a bust. He's been injured more than he's been not injured. When he wasn't injured, there was a moment there he looked like the real deal. But I think at this point it's safe to say that he's someone who is never going to become what people thought he would be. Clearly, mm-hmm. and the fact that he cost the same as Reynoso and Fragapane combined. Yeah. Womp womp. You yeah. Know? It's crazy. It'll be, I mean, they had a they had a rough year with people leaving and injuries and things, but this is this is wild. Uh, the last thing I want to talk on, Josie Altador. Have you been following the Josie Altador saga? Vaguely, yeah, and it sounds so, pretty contentious. Yeah, total head case, it seems like, at this point, right? Which I think we kind of always knew. Um, him, and, him and the guy who's in, Greg Vanny, I think, right? He was back at Toronto. They got in that fight like two years ago, whatever, and he wasn't training. And then Greg Vanny left, and then Josie Altador came back. And then when Rob Bradley got to Toronto, they bought him out. And Bruce Arena picked him back up in um, New England, who obviously they have history together from the national team. Uh, but things have not really gone the way that they thought it would in New England. And that all kind of culminated like two weeks ago when he apparently refused to come in or he was complaining about having to warm up or something some some scuffle happened, not physical, but like there was an exchanging of words where the trainer communicated to to Bruce Arena that whatever was happening, and Bruce Arena said, "Well, then forget about him." And since that's happened, he has not had any discussion of being in New England, and now just got loaned out to a Mexican national or to the Mex to a team in Mexico. It's. Unfortunate, right? I mean, he's a good player. He has quality. It's too bad that he's letting that get in the way of of him playing. But at this point, you got to figure it's it's done. People are still talking about him making his way into the national team, and I feel like that's over. Yeah, I mean, there's he's he's not he's not <laughs> who is he beating out, right? And I like I'll admit that I was I think I said like two years ago that he would have been my pick for striker. <laughs> Uh, you got that. But in my defense, that was like two years ago. No, you said Jesse Zardes. I I remember tweeting at uh, Matt, what's his face, 
the Doyle. Doyle. Okay. About 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 um, Altador, but yeah, no, yeah. I did say Zardes, and I, I whatever. No. We're not, you know. Yeah. Hey, let's Just not don't. bring up the past. You know, let's <laughs> let the past be in the past. You know. Anyways. Yeah, it's I, not good. You it's know, sad that it happened that way. I I think it's over. He's it's over. Um, all right. Anything for the else? second time in this podcast, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it yep. happened. Yep. Do you think Brandon Vasquez deserves a shout out for the men's national team? He's the Cincinnati I think, guy. I think he does. No, yeah. I do actually. I think I think he deserves to be called into camp. Yeah. I don't know if he's given the starting spot. I know uh, Jesus Ferreira looks really good right now, yeah. and so yeah. that would not surprise me. Um, and we don't. Ha- we, I mean, we don't have a clear cut striker, so I don't right. see what the harm would be in bringing in Brandon Vasquez to camp or to the World Cup. To camp, yeah. I to think, camp, I think and then to camp see, he see how for he sure get a shot yeah. at camp. I'd have to look at the roster and the numbers and decide, you know, realistically if there's a spot for him. But can he play winger hypothetically? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And also the one thing that Greg, that um, Caleb Porter, no, not Caleb Porter. That's a new guy. Who's the men's national? Greg Berhalter. The thing that he brings up is, I think we're we're all guilty of someone gets hot and we're like, oh, this guy, and then someone else gets hot, like, no, 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 that guy. So. There is something to be said about just staying the course. Don't start bringing in a new guy a month before. But if he keeps going, I don't see why. To me, it's it's show. probably Jesus Ferreira. Yeah. Jesus yeah, Ferreira, sure. Ricardo Pepe. Those, I, those my are probably my top is, two. Do we try and find a spot for him on the roster? Not necessarily like day one he's starting, but like do we try and at least bring him? If he goes lights out of camp, yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? But, why not? Yeah. All right. Talked about Houston a little bit. Talked a mm-hmm. lot about EPL for some reason. Talked about Portland, talked about missing people, talked about listener questions, talked about the rest of the league. What's your prediction for Sunday in Colorado? And then let's get out of here. I mean, you know, you got to play the uh, Jeopardy background music <laughs> yeah, exactly. while I think about this. What's our prediction? It is Saturday, actually. Saturday in we're, Colorado. We're we're killing it right now. So I, yep. I honestly think we. I think it's either a one-one tie or a two-one loss. I could see us yeah. losing, you know, being down box all, but I also think like this team is rip roaring, even mm-hmm. without Reynoso. They've played well. It's hard losing Reynoso, Lude, and Boxall. So I, I would say two-one loss. Yeah, and Colorado's not necessarily going gangbusters either. They're they're twelfth in the league on twenty four points with a negative four goal differential. So it's not a bad team to be playing when we have this. But you're at altitude yeah. too. Colorado's you know? just always, and they always kind of seem to have our number. I'm gonna put us at a two one win. I think that Coleman steps okay. in and does fine. I think Colorado is having a rough season. I don't think they have anyone that's really a big scoring threat right now. So I think we can still get away with a two one win. Um, which would be huge for us because Amaria's rolling, Franco's rolling, Bong is feeling it. We'll figure out how to make up for Ray in the middle. And I think even without that bit of talent, playmaker, I shouldn't say bit, even without arguably one of the best players in the league, I think we still find a way to put some goals in. And I think that Bongi, or Boxall and Lude being gone, we can still figure out a way to plug that hole with Rosales and Coleman. And I think we're going to be okay. I really do. I think so too. 
All right. A quick 78-minute yeah. episode, so I'm looking at real time right now, probably probably closer to 75 by the time we cut out some of the garbage, uh, mostly your takes, Grant. Um, <laughs> good weekend. They're all garbage. <laughs> yeah. It was an exciting weekend of soccer. Uh, that Open Cup game was wild, and it's cool to see Sac Republic go to the final there. Um, keep setting your fantasy lineups. I lost that one week, two weeks ago, um, really, really badly. Uh, but we're getting down to the end of the season because uh, the playoffs are going to start soon. So keep setting the lineups. Even if you feel like you're not reaching the, the top, um, anything can happen in the playoffs because it's single elimination. So just like the anything is doing, possible, you just keep your head, keep keep treading water, and uh, you, you, you can even you you too can become an all star. <laughs> all right, you got anything else, Grant? Yeah, uh, the only thing I've got left is go loons. Yeah, there you go, go loons. <laughs> <laughs>